Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. 32 minutes past the hour. Liftoff on Apollo 11. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of the internet and the world, this is the Standing Brothers Show coming to you live via right now. Um, but if you're listening to this, it's probably not live because that's how time works. I am Jacob Standridge. You as joined. Let's start. The, let's try that again. <laughs> I am Jacob Standridge, host of the Standing Brothers Show, and I am joined as always by Joe. Yep. My brother. Yep. How are you doing, Joe? Great. I'm glad that um, we've gotten through the... I don't consider New Year's a holiday. I consider it an event. Um, New Year's... I don't, why do we even call it New Year's? Uh, <laughs> is my least favorite uh, event around the holidays. Um, why is it your least favorite? Explain. I, I just don't like it. I think it's stupid. I think that... And we think about, okay... Halloween is an event, not really a season. Thanksgiving is more an event, but it kicks off the holiday season. Okay. Um, Christmas is a season, not so much an event, but New Year's is an event. Okay. It, it just happens. Like There, there are no, really no New Year's songs. It's going to happen whether you like it or not. Precisely. Um, and so uh, I don't care about watching the ball drop. I don't care about watching the peach drop if you live here in Georgia with near us. Um, I, I don't care about the bands that play on the with Dick Clark's Rockin' Years. I find all that just so stupid. Hey, you know what? I did hear that Duran Duran actually did play pretty good, even though. Well, I'm glad. Even though nobody in the crowd knew or was alive whenever Rio came out. Um, but yeah, I heard it was pretty good. Look, we gotta talk briefly about that game on on New Year's Eve. Oh my gosh! So so we start watching the 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 big game the one oh, that yeah. the big one game. that we've all been looking forward to and everybody was talking about and it. it starts off and of course you know the feeling in the room is that the home team's got this man mm-hmm. home turf advantage not only you know are they the, the favorites to win but they're also playing at and they're playing at home the other team uh you know they had to travel th- you know almost almost a close to a thousand long, miles long to get distance. there and but but no, they start scoring and take a pretty good sized lead heading the, the, the into the away team. Yeah, heading into the break, um, and it got it got us a little nervous for a second. I mean, really? I mean, I mean, I was asking, he was like, "Ooh, this is, this not look good for them." It was kind of like pong there for a while. Every time one team would score, another team would score. Yeah, it was, it was back, back and, and forth. forth, and but 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 in the end. The Lightning beat the Arizona Coyotes, and I, you know, as a big as a big Lightning fan, I just didn't. I, I was shocked. I was shocked that the Coyotes put that much of a fight up, and man, that was the big game for me on New Year's Eve. You know, some people like to watch, you know, um, you know, like other games that are that aren't important, like you know, the Buffalo Sabers game, stuff like that. But yeah, I'm, you know. Apparently there was there was an event, a sporting event that happened here in Atlanta, um, that you know was a big deal, and people were talking about it. Um, that you know the, I guess was it Georgia, and it was um, 
um, Ohio. Ohio Tech College, something like that. I'm not sure. Yeah, that that was um, uh, Ohio, like uh, Middle State Ohio. That's something. that's what it yeah. was. So apparently that happened in Atlanta, which is cool. I mean, like good for them, good yeah. for them. Uh, but for me, that was the highlight of the sporting events on New Year's Eve. Uh, abs- absolutely, absolutely. Um, I I we don't you know something I just like actually before we start recording the game that just wrapped up was the Winter Classic. Yeah. So congratulations to the Bruins. No Woo. surprise there that they won that. Um, they played as the Winter Classic. They played um, at the uh, Fenway Park. Very um, cool. Fenway Stadium. Fen- Ew. <laughs> I'm going to cancel say, you for I that. I almost said Fenway Stadium, but yeah. Um, but really no surprise that the Bruins won because, well, they're having one of those seasons. They just, they just can't seem to lose. Um, but anyway. So a lot has happened since we were how, last how, here. How was your 2022, Jacob? Now that we're what, now that we're now that we're to talk about that, this is kind of going to be the look looking back at what what's what happened this year. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of I, I can only think of three or four big things that happened this year. You know, what we should call this episode what the Standing Brothers Show Kaleidoscope in a twenty twenty two. No, I am not calling. Take it Take a look through my kaleidoscope. So we're 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 gonna go back and look at some of the big things that happened this year, and then kind of give our some of our predictions for twenty twenty three. Um, so, you know, I, I think there's like, there's four big stories for me that happened this year. Um, first, I mean, you know, the, the, let's go, let's go in, um, in ascending order of what? So, um, I would say least important to most. Oh, why don't you just talk? I don't know. You you can just talk about whatever. Okay. Yeah. Free for all. Just start talking. Continue. continue. Um, you know, the, the January 6th tribunal or whatever you want to call it that happened that sham if you want to say um what i find still funny about the january 6th thing was um was the fact that it was it was hyped up and you know as we watched a little bit of, we didn't watch all of it because we don't hate ourselves, don't hate ourselves but we we did watch I, I watched several hours of it on cnn and whatnot but they hyped it up as like this was this was a scripted drama <laughs> um, that we are we are watching the equivalent of like House of Cards. Well, they thought that this whole thing was going to be like that moment in the kind of uh, court TV or court movie that this big bombshell. They thought the whole entire thing was going to be a huge bombshell moment, and it really wasn't. It was more just a waste of <laughs> of our time and money. And. Nothing that was talked about during this was nothing that I didn't already know. Nothing was revealed. Nothing, yeah, yeah. Nothing was revealed that was new or nothing that was revealed that would cause somebody who was sitting on the fence to be like, well, <laughs> I've changed my I've changed mind. mind. Um, this, is, this, this is not my original joke, but on Michael Malice's show, you're welcome. He had on Jimmy Dore. And he, Jimmy, Jimmy was talking about the whole Cassidy um, Hutchinson um, interview whenever she came on and said that Trump grabbed the steering wheel and that oh, Trump geez. threw a plate of whatever and the, spilled ketchup on the wall. And Jimmy had the line <laughs> of, of, he grabbed the steering wheel? I thought I knew him. <laughs> I thought I knew Trump. Well, in, in, that, if, in that case, like even if what she said was 100% true, Whose mind was going to be changed? If you already hated him, you were. This was further evidence of why you hate him. And if you love him, 
you're, you're like, oh, what? He grabbed the steering wheel? Well, I gotta burn my MAGA hat now. Yeah, no one said that. Yeah, that's what I find. I found that the whole trial or the whole hearing was was just that. And to add, to add something further um, humor to the whole thing that I found funny uh, was the fact that afterwards they they were like, "We strongly recommend indictment." I'm like, "Wow, you weren't gonna? Were you gonna come to the very end and say after all after after all the investigation, we think that Donald Trump is innocent?" <laughs> Well, I mean, what really what it was, it was just the the world's longest uh, campaign ad for Liz Cheney. That's, that's what the whole thing was. It was just a big waste of time and money, so Liz Cheney didn't have to spend time or money on her campaign for... And she lost. And she still lost. <laughs> well, of course she lost. I mean, look at, look at all the people who were on that... Adam Kinzinger's gone. Liz Cheney's gone. Most of them are gone. I mean, the well, the, if you the, if you if you Demo- listen to Adam Kinzinger, his greatest fear going into the next presidential election is the fact that Donald Trump might be reelected. He is the greatest threat to democracy, and so on and so forth. Which I mean, we we can which we, is laughable. Want, it's, it's, it's completely it's laughable. laughable. The fact that you would think that's even again to use the word thought. Um, loosely as possible yeah. for that um Ad- adam kinzinger man that that i have written several things about that man talk about a joke um he went after um edward snowden this year and called him basically a traitor and said he said something to the extent of i'll, I'll have to go back and find out what he said but something to the sense um that oh, wh- oh what do you care you're a um, russian citizen now which, what, what? which for for morons who don't understand dual citizenship, <laughs> it's not like it's not like um, yes, Snowden did become a a, a Russian citizen, um, but he didn't ha- he didn't revoke his U.S. citizen. He's still a U.S. citizen. Yeah, and that's kind of how dual citizenship works. And given his situation, and given the fact that a man like Adam Kinzinger would would put Snowden on on the rack if he could help it. Um, what, torture. what, what choice does he have at that point to not figure out a way to deal with the, with the circumstances the best? Um, yeah, Adam Kinzinger is a complete moron. This is the same guy who called for a no fly zone over you, over Ukraine during, during the initial stages of the Russian and, um, in, in invasion into that country. So the guy, and for some reason people are holding up this man and Liz Cheney as these great patriots who fought against the system and fought against and fought and put their put principles above the party Joe right although she would probably have no problem no problem with um with 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 bombing a third world country or authorizing another regime change she would she, I I bet money that both of those people would have no problem to make the call to take out Putin for a regime change. No problem. They would do it. Well, I think that's what they want. That's, that's what I'm saying. That's, that's, that's what they've so, been moving towards so, the last year. So what I'm saying, though, is that, is that that's their principles. So their principles are, I guess you say principles, are for regime change and anything that benefits the military-industrial complex. Um, but Donald Trump, that's a step too far. We can't. That's a, a threat to our democracy. We can't have that. Um, what were your what were your thoughts on the whole January sixth sham? Uh, well, I mean, kind of what, we, what we've already said. 
nothing came out of it of substance at all. Um, I do love some of the photos that the, that the New York Times has put out uh, about them here. Here, you talk. I'll, I'll talk. I'm find them for you real uh, quick. It was just just another just another example of the uh, the state and the the corporate press trying to pull a fast one over the American people, uh, and they they pretend like the partisanship doesn't exist. They thought, oh well, we'll we will cover all of the we will put all of this on air. You know, it's going to change everyone's mind, and it didn't do anything. I think I, 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 I looked at some recent polling uh, from this, and I think it, I think it a lot of it skewed towards having no change at all among the electorate. So great job, January 6th committee. And I guess I got it wrong because I said that at the end of this, there's no way they don't formally formally indict uh, Donald. The Donald. They tried to. I mean, like, they recommended it. But I, I didn't think they would cuck out and do a, a recommendation for indictment. I thought they would actually go and try to, you know, papist please mm-hmm. with with the Donald. But that eh, didn't happen. So I guess I got that wrong. But um, I, I don't. I, I can't find the photos, I don't but... know if that's. I don't know if them not indicting the Donald is a good thing or bad thing. Um, because I mean, once you, I mean, after you steal an election, I mean, what? Can, what else can you do? I mean, what I do find funny though is the fixation on January sixth, which is kind of why a lot of people said this could be a really bad thing, um, not from the standpoint of threat to our democracy, but this is just going to give them fuel, um, more more evidence that there's this fascist r- right wing um, growing in America. That's that's why that's why you know I, I think it was a negative thing in the long run but i do find it funny though out of even just think the last 50 years of united states presidents that this is the one where we get hearings and we get trials for the actions of of a of a u.s president an unauthorized tour of the capitol building which had no ability to switch the election no ability to uncertify it, to to switch the votes to Donald Trump, nothing could have been done. And a, a coup attack, as like what 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 they were gonna write up a new Declaration of Independence and declare Trump the King of America. You think that was gonna actually happen? So, out of everything that's happened in the last fifty years, this is the one that gets the attention. Out of all the wars, out of all the, uh, out of all the totalitarian actions from U.S. presidents in the last fifty years, this is this 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 is the thing, and it it comes back to what I've said originally that this is what the reason why they took this big of an action was because they got caught w- with their pants down. The federal government was embarrassed by by this because because they were so easily able to enter the building. Whether you want to believe the official story or not, hashtag Ray Epps in there. Um, why haven't we heard from this guy? But even if you want to believe the official narrative that they that, that they they broke in, that's why. It's because it's because it, it happened on our soil, and we're supposed to be up in arms that that a bunch of Trump supporters broke down some doors and some building and some and some windows. And uh, walked around, stole some computers, and then left. Didn't didn't kill anybody. <laughs> only only um, broke silence and windows, 
and but you know we can topple regimes and send third world countries into open um, air slavery trades and kill millions of children uh, with famine and starvation but an unauthorized tour that's the final straw that'll get you that'll get you kicked off twitter but advocating for for war and for and for genocide in other countries well you're just a national security analyst joe that's um, what i found funny yeah i mean i i don't think it was it just was an accident that that they that they thought they were embarrassed by the state and all of them i think it was actually coordinated by uh a cadre of individuals um that kind of thing doesn't happen or it was kind accident. of it was kind of allowed to happen uh sure if it either was allowed to happen or um it was orchestrated by uh, a handful of folks in the fbi or uh, on capitol hill or what have you uh because um well orange man bad uh and he had to be stopped at all costs so and i and you know, of course, the Donald did not orchestrate it. That's just silly. Um, it really is. You're just giving silly. him too much credit. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Our, our Georgie, or no, not Georgie, but our, our Donald is not smart enough to do something like that. Um. So yeah, I guess the January sixth trial was just just boring. A lot of it was just boring. Mm-hmm. Um. Let's see. What else happened this thus year? Um. What else do you want to say? I guess. I guess the uh, some of the COVID stuff kind of uh, leveled out. Uh, there are still some places holding on to the mask mandates. There's, I think that like there's a county in New, in New Jersey that brought them back. So some people are still holding on to it. Some schools are still holding on to it, but that's really about it. Um, there's more. There's been more information come out about the vaccines, and I guess now the numbers that I looked at, and I got to look a little bit more deeply into it, but it's turning out that the vaccine is becoming more dangerous than the than the actual covid yeah there i have seen some things where especially for young there's there's some countries in europe that have stopped recommending it and stopped giving it out for for men under the age of 30 or something like that they're they're not allowing men to take it or for children or for children are not allowed to take it which okay so you look at that i think it's countries like sweden and other countries like that it might like, have been hold on let me stop, I'm gonna look uh, so some quick. of the scandinavian countries are no longer going to allow or are discouraging uh folks from getting the the shot or the jab uh and then you look at what um what president uh Oh, what's her? What's uh, President uh, Doctor Jill Biden said um, just uh, New Year's Eve that we should all go go out and get our get, get our vaccines, um, get our jabs, and get up to date. Um, well, I mean, I I guess it's still a little too early to tell on whether or not the vaccine is going to be that much more deadly than COVID, but we'll see. Yeah, yeah, Sweden and Denmark have have paused right. the use of it. And I guess because they're those quasi-socialist countries, like Bernie Sanders likes to point to, I guess we should follow them, right? Right, because they're all because Bernie Sanders and AOC and all these idiots are always pointing towards, hey, look at look at Sweden, look at Denmark, look at Norway. Look, we should follow their lead. Well, should we? Um, but I guess because I guess well, we should follow their lead because they're quasi-socialists. But because they're majority white, we shouldn't follow their advice on the vaccine. I guess that's how that breaks down. So I, uh, maybe we'll have to maybe we'll wait. You know, we'll wait and see. I think that the Dave Smith talked about this on their year-end roundup. So it's not completely an original idea. But um, 
I can 100% concur with this, and it's kind of what I've seen most people view the pandemic, if you still want to call it we're in a pandemic or not, that people are not really worried about COVID in the sense of they're going to get it and they're going to die, or they're going to get it and they're going to be severely sick. They're worried about getting it because that means, oh, I can't go on my vacation now. Oh, I can't go to this concert. Oh, I can't go to work now. It's more. It's become more of an inconvenience. It's become, like exactly. It's become an inconvenience. But unlike the flu, um, where if you um, if you test positive but you're not like, you know, deathly ill, you just might have the sniffles. You, you can still go and function with society. But with COVID, if you test positive and you, you work, then that's it. Or if you test positive and you want to cross a border still. Um, there some countries, the United States, for some reason, you can't get in without being vaccinated, which is crazy. I think, I think, I think we're one of the last... Um, one of the last first world countries to actually have that. I know Canada's dropped it. Most of Europe has dropped the need for vaccination requirement to enter, which is crazy considering that, you know, Canada is far more liberal, far more authoritarian than, than we are. And so is um, some of the European countries. But I think people see this as more of just an annoyance that, you know, you test positive, you're not deathly ill, but you test positive, oh, you have to stay home for five days. Oh, you, you have to cancel this trip now. Um, that's what I view it, it more as. And of course, I mean, speaking, speaking from, from where I live, I can go do whatever I want now. And I know that's still, which is crazy, still not how it is in some places where you still have to show your, your, uh, um, papers, please, to go to a restaurant in places, um, I think, I think California and parts still, of New Jersey. They might, I know some places are still asking for it. Um, but to me that to me to me asking for a vaccine a proof of proof of vaccination when when we know and it's not even it's not even you know Alex Jones tinfoil hat conspiracy it's just the fact that the that the vaccine is it is a very leaky vaccine and you will contract and you will spread it even after vaccination this is not even this is common fact now they've all had to admit it yeah so i don't understand the point of like like even with the argument of the 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 vaccine passport was okay well this is a place that we know you can't get sick because everybody's vaccinated here right that was the argument Mm -hmm. with the that the vaccine passports is that okay we need to create pockets and create places where vaccinated people um where you were you 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 won't you won't be able to contract this which is crazy because you would think okay if you're vaccinated, then you won't contract it. But nevertheless, that was the argument they used. Well, now what's the argument? Oh yeah. Now it's just now it's just oh well you oh well, we have to mandate it or else no one will take it. So yeah, I think the I think the pandemic is we're in the post pandemic era, but a lot of the practices and a lot of the excuses that are that were, that were used during the pandemic are still trickling in like the excuse of if you go out to eat oh we have supply chain issues oh we have staffing issues oh you know we're short staffed today stuff like that i think is going to be or or we have budget cuts due to the pandemic i think a lot of those are going to be lingering on and you know to be fair 
to a lot of those excuses. A lot of those are still happening, especially especially supply change, price increases, stuff like that are happening, which, you know, it, it's crazy because two morons back in February, January of 2020 said, hey, let's not shut down. Hey, let's not turn the economy off. You know why? Because crap like this will happen. It's insane that a moron who used to work at a fast food restaurant who had a stupid podcast that no one listens to was right about this before anybody else. It's insane. And here we are again, two, almost three years, Joe, Joe, we are three years to flatten the curve coming up in about two or three months, three years. And you have articles like from the new, from the New Yorker that say that they make the excuse or the argument for for masking forever. Remember, two weeks to flatten the curve. That's all we were told. Two weeks, and then we can all go back to normal. You want your football in the summer? Want your college football? Well, two weeks, boys. Three years. Three years. All the economic destruction, transfer of wealth from this, back. from the. Middle and lower income to the to the richest one percent. Amount of wealth that has been destroyed and evaporated through inflation because of the government spending during during the pandemic, all that could have been avoided if you only listened to two schmucks living in Georgia. It, I would have done it for free. <laughs> well, it's it's funny how people like us or people who uh, write comic books. Or people who uh, do stand-up comedians, <laughs> people who do stand-up comedy, um, all got this right, uh, except, but all of the uh, the the so-called experts got it wrong. Isn't that funny? How people like Dave Smith, Eric July, all got this right. People who are who are uh, late-night uh, comedians, stand-up comedians, and a guy who writes comic books. That's not to denigrate their what they do. But that's the, they're not they're not healthcare they, they, don't, they don't have they're a, not they're not the experts and they still got this right. Amazing, truly amazing. A time, what a time to be alive. So we got the COVID thing. The January sixth. I mean, obviously Russia invading um, the, the Ukraine. Ukraine is something that we are. I would say that's the most prevalent one that we're still dealing with to this day. Um, just well, that's the be- most consequential thing. Yeah, just because of because if that goes bad, it can go really, really bad mm-hmm. for everyone, not just for the people involved in 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 the Russia and in the Ukraine. Yeah. Um. So I guess that well, that happened what February this year, last February year. February happened last year. So we're coming up on a year, and this kind of plays into one of my predictions. We're coming up on a uh into a year of uh, of when Russia invaded. Of course, everyone says that it was, everyone said it was unprovoked, which. Again, if you listen to this show, if you've if if you've looked into it beyond a surface level, if you if you turn off MSNBC and Fox News and all that for two seconds, you actually do a do a little bit of research into it, you'll quickly find that that is certainly not the case. Still, does does not make it right what Russia has done. Does not make it right what Putin has done as far as invading the Ukraine. Uh, but at the same time, though, that does not make Zelensky, Winston Churchill, and that, that does not make uh, Putin uh, Adolf Hitler. Um, that, that's just, that is just simply not the case. And anyone who is trying to convince you that that is the, the case are either woefully misinformed or they're lying to you. 
mostly because they just don't know what they're talking about when it, when it really comes down to Because you can put on any so-called foreign policy expert uh, from the left or from the right on, on the news, and they will continuously get this wrong besides maybe like two or three people who Fox News has on or I doubt that MSNBC has any uh, has any uh, truthers on the Russia-Ukraine war on. I, I, I highly doubt that. But anyway, it happened. And the the thing that we felt the most was the, the energy crisis that came out of it because oil went to what, like 100 and... Uh, oil touched at 110, 120 for a while. Right. I think now it's trading for a little more than 70, a little about 80. Which was uh, about half, like a little less, a little less than half of what we thought it was going to go to, because a lot of people were predicting like what two hundred, almost three hundred dollars a barrel of oil mm-hmm. if this, if that, can, if it continued, um, and it just proves that yet again that that American sanctions do literally nothing, uh, because there are so many things that a country like Russia can do to shield themselves from sanctions, and a lot of the. Um, I guess I don't know if it's unconstitutional, but a lot of actions that have been taken uh, by the United States, as far as like at, like international asset forfeiture, cutting them off a swift, just outright, outright stealing the Russian oligarchs' yachts and whatnot. Um, yes, I'm not defending them, but you can't do that. That's not that's not right. Um, you know, that's that's you can't. But can't do but, that. But they are justified because they view this as a the way this is being played out is and the way this is being this is being portrayed is that this is it, it's it's two situations again the, very similar of course um, it's it's either a this is the same thing that that's a Hitler did in the 30s and 40s where he started just taking over countries and Poland all over and, again yeah. Yeah, and 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 annexing France and all these other countries, or they think that this is Joseph Stalin, or or Vladimir um, um, so Lenin, or the Soviet Union. They think that they, they, these people act like Russia is the Soviet Union again, which is why again NATO shouldn't exist because we are defending against a country that doesn't exist anymore. The Soviet Union has been gone for over twenty years, close close to thirty years at this time. So. Um, and back to your point about this being unprovoked, if you cornered a bear and you let the bear know where to go and it attacked you, well, it was unprovoked. I mean, we, we surrounded, we broke every promise as, as NATO towards Putin. Putin has been saying this since the year 2001, 2002, that if you move past a certain point, there's going to be consequences we recognize these areas as part of Russia. He's been saying this for close to two decades now. There's there's no mystery about what his intentions are and about and about what this war is really all about. We know what this is about. This this war is about NATO aggression and the Donbass region and Crimea. That's that's what it's about. And for all the people that think that we need to continue this through and see this war through until the last Russian or the last Ukrainian, keep in mind that we are fighting over two two spots of land, the Donbass region and Crimea, which are the size of small U.S. states, and you could not point to on a map, and we are risking 
nuclear war and possible World War Three over. The longer that the, the longer that we drag this thing out, and the more refugees and the more casualties that are that are caused by all this. And it's it's we're we're playing a very very dangerous game. And it's it's frustrating to to watch some people uh, treat this as if it is, especially with the Zelensky meeting at Congress, which I don't I don't know if, if we discussed that or not. We didn't. Um, but yeah, you know, you have this this man, this man who is just you know a president of you know a European country comes in and is given a hero's welcome. But I think that because we have put ourselves in a position for the last two decades, we have treated Russia as this great enemy for, for whatever reason, because I, because I guess that the U.S. has to have an enemy to fight. We have to have somebody to someone to kill, someone to go and conquer. We have to have somebody to be at war with. And as the wars in the Middle East began to die down, we have to we have to find somebody else that whatever Russia does, we have to be against. You know, I, I don't think really anybody would care if 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 uh, one of our allies invaded another another land. I don't think anybody would would be up in arms about that. But because it's Russia and we have to hate Russia, and we have to be for we have to see Russia as if they were the Soviet Union. Which which even there, you know, I don't know why they were our 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 nuclear um enemies at that time. That still to me made no sense whatsoever. But you, you you can have that position and still say that Putin's a bad guy. Russia's a corrupt government. They're not they're, they're probably not good people. You could still say that and say, "Hey, they're not good people, but maybe risking the lives of millions is not worth it." Just perhaps. And especially it's not worth it for a country that is arguably as corrupt, if not more corrupt than Russia. It, it is kind of amazing, Joe, that that they have convinced everybody that Ukraine is just a little America. Well, they're, they're, basic, well, if you, if you listen, they're basically Texas. Basically Texas. If you listen to what Zelensky has said recently... That he, he Zelensky credited himself with uh, helping the West find itself as far as defending freedom, uh, which is just asinine. Which is just great. That's just beautiful. Um, so uh, apparently, uh, uh, Ukraine and Russia are there's talks about them going into some kind of peace negotiation, and one of the conditions that the Ukrainians want is to restore. Uh, from what I read, is to restore all uh, previously held Ukrainian land back to Ukraine. Which if that's what if that's what you're starting with, then you're not serious about uh, peace talks because uh, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think that Russia is going to give up Crimea. It's going to give up the Donetsk and, Lu- and Lu- uh, Lu- Lu- the Donbass region. The Donbass region. Uh, they're not going to give up all of these things. I just don't think it's realistic. They also said that a part of the negotiations is that every everyone in Russia who is involved is tried for war crimes. Yeah, that's not going to happen either. Which if you're Russia, why in the heck would you ever agree to that? Oh yeah, oh, oh yeah, we'll surrender, and I'm gonna go put before a tribunal. Which look, Nuremberg style which look, kind of thing. if you want to try war, so war criminals, I am all for that. 
right? Hundred percent. Let's, let's start with Zelensky. Hundred percent for that, with, without a doubt. Yeah, let's start with, with Zelensky, who who who's bombing ethnic Russians in the let's, Donbass let's region. Let's put both. If we can do that, then let's please put both Putin and Zelensky on trial for war crimes. I'm fine with that. And because you know, you know, we're, we're gonna have some people out there who say Zelensky didn't. Zelensky's only defending his land. He's not a war criminal. What do you think Russia was doing? Well, yeah, exactly. And let's not forget the fact that for over a decade, ethnic Russians who who did not want to be any part of Ukraine in the Donbass region, who wanted to be a part of Russia, but was not allowed to, was essentially held in a quasi-apartheid state and bombed mercilessly for the... For the crime of, of wanting to basically annex themselves or or emancipate themselves from Ukraine, ethnic Russians. And I thought, I, well, I thought I thought you know Zelensky Zelensky is pro democracy. He is pro democracy, except when you if vote you're an op- well, except if you're an opposition journalist, mm-hmm. then you're not allowed because you or know party or or party because. Religion. Because Zelensky has jailed and banned any sort of opposition journalism, he's 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 banned almost every single op or every opposition journalist and television program in Ukraine. He has banned the opposition the opposition party. Remember the outrage and it came to um I think it was um what's his I can't remember his last name but but the opposition party leader in Russia how you know he was basically forced out of the country and there was up in arms about that. Right, rightfully so. Uh, Zelensky does it. Well, you know, we we're not we're not we're not we're not, we're not going to talk about that. They're fighting a war. A complete wing of the Christian Church mm-hmm. is banned. Banned, and not only that, they were harassed by police, threatened with guns and bombs to get out, and to and to not practice. So, do not. Come to me with the with the oh he's only defending democracy he's only defending <laughs> freedom because you cannot sit there and and, and tell me this because he he it's the same thing that Putin has done with with the banning of journalists and the banning of the opposition party Zelensky has done it right all right so uh, let's do a couple more um, there was the Uvalde Texas shooting yeah that, that happened what, uh, what 16 kids were shot mm-hmm. and, um, and the, the cops stood by and did nothing co- yeah they stopped, stood by for almost an hour and did nothing until all the shooting was done and then they went in and took care of the problem or at least the patrol officer did or border patrol agent did um, see that happened um, uh, the queen died that's a pretty mm-hmm. that's a pretty big deal especially if you're from the UK or what's left of the UK um, the queen died. She was on the throne for nearly 70 years, which is no small feat in and of itself, and survived that many scandals with her family because of her idiot children and grandchildren, more so her grandchildren, um, because of the... And, and really, too, uh, when Pr- Prince William married up, Prince Harry married way <laughs> down. He went out and found the... Um, he basically married the uh, the prostitute from New Orleans, um, I'm not so hateful. Joe. I'm not joking. I hate that woman. I, I there are very few people that I don't like. Um, I don't hate anybody, but I hate her. You hate her? I hate her because I liked Queen Elizabeth. Um, oh, um, and I, I I don't I I'm not I, I'm a fan of Prince Charles because I think he's funny because I think he looks funny. 
Um, and basically because he's basically lived his entire life um, basically being pampered, and that creates its own set of jokes. That's what I like about him. Personally, and as a king, I think he's going to be a uh, a tremendous failure. Um, as a king, you think he will be? Oh, yeah. I think he's going to be a, a glorious failure. Not because I want him to fail, it's just just because I think that he, he, he won't be able to help himself. And he's kind of, he's one of those ESG, you know, uh, we, we got to save the planet people. Um, you know, basically, he, he, he and Greta Thunberg went to, went to school together. I think, though, that his... Now, I, I, don't, I don't know him personally, and I don't know the way that he lives his life, but he does not give off the same duty to service and duty to country no. that, his, that his mother did. No. Because love or hate Queen, Queen Elizabeth, whether you think the monarchy is a good or bad thing, whatever you, whatever you want to say about her, I truly think that, that, that she did love Great Britain. Oh, yes. And I think that she dedicated every minute of, of her life to the pursuits of what is the best interests of her country. In the, in the extent of influence that she had. Yes. I think now whether she did a good or bad job, that's up for debate. But I don't, I don't think that you can deny that she truly loved what she did and she took what she did very seriously. And I think I, I don't think that. Uh, Prince Charles or King Charles, and and then his son Prince or yeah Prince William, um, is going to. Um, I think the kind of the grandeur of the of the uh, monarchy and the the level of status they had under not only their grandfather but the, also their mother and grandmother, um, um, uh, Queen Elizabeth is. I think they're going to take take it uh, down a notch. Like you see that in other monarchies throughout mm-hmm. Europe, they're kind of. They're they're cutting off titles for their siblings and for their uh, posterity. I think you're going to see that with um, in the UK royal family. I think um, well Harry and Meghan, Harry and first uh, in that witch, uh, they already gave up their titles. But I think I think uh, King Charles is going to start cutting off uh, members of the family, and they've already I think they've already kind of uh, banished Prince. Um, Prince Andrew just yeah. Prince degree. Andrew has been excommunicated. Basically, yeah. and good for Prince them Charles told him told him to get out and, and don't ever come back. Yeah, and that, that's that's his own brother. Yeah, which, that's not easy to do. That's not that's an easy easy thing to do. Um, so I, I, it, I don't think I, I don't think that Prince Charles will do that to any other members, uh, any any other of his siblings like Princess Anne and those. But I definitely think that. Uh, younger the the generation behind Harry and Meghan or Harry and, and the witch, uh, I think they're going to get cut off. He'll keep Prince William because he is going to be king one day, and his son will be king one day. And um, who knows if they'll if they if they'll, if they'll even keep the monarchy going? Because there's a lot of talk that they might do away with the monarchy. They might dissolve it because um, for one, it's expensive, and two, do people really are they are they do they see it as as necessary? As generations in the past, so who knows? Yeah, um, that's a very good point. Um, which is kind of sad because, as someone who does, does who hates democracy, and is somewhat favorable to the idea of a constitutional monarchy where you have a family or a person who kind of sets the standard of you know of morality, kind of kind of kind of like the Queen did. You know, she was the patriotic figure, the morality figure. Uh, someone that people can aspire to, can can look up to, to rally the troops, as it were. Um, you kind of need that to some degree in, in a society. Doesn't it doesn't doesn't necessarily have to be a monarchy. It can be, you know, influential people. It can it can be good elites. That can't that that is a thing. No matter what society you have, you will have elites. 
it just happens to be that the elites we have now are very unimpressive and are very evil, <laughs> to but say isn't the least. is that sort of a positive thing that we have very unimpressive elites? No, not necessarily, because a lot of people fall into the trap of thinking that they are the, the, the be-all, end-all. But doesn't that also, to, to play devil's advocate, doesn't that also play into the, the idea that because they're unoppressive, they're very easy to refute and they're very easy to, to topple? Like when you look at the the, corp- the corporate press and the elites in America, Fauci. None of these people are impressive. Fauci. None of these people inspire confidence. Fauci. None of these yes. Fauci. None of these people. Um, Fauci. Okay, yes, so, so we know Tony. Okay, <laughs> we we know who you're talking about Joe Biden. But you understand what I'm saying though? Is that there's an Jacob. argument to having that whether or not setting aside for a fact for a minute whether or not the 2020 election was stolen or there was any funny business going on. It, it appears that Joe Biden got as many or if not more votes than 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 the Donald. Okay, you can't sit there and tell me that 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 is a good elite because the no, Bidens no, are an elite. I, I, I'm not saying they're good. What I, what I mean by unimpressive, but I, what I mean is that there is no depth, there is no substance to anything that they are saying. You can have um, bad elites, but but then be impressive, if you will, right? Sure, they can have solid arguments. Like I, I would think that. Um, Joseph Stalin was a was a, an impressive elite, even though he was horrible as a person. He, he was an impressive figure who inspired a lot of um, confidence into people and was pretty hard to you know debate or to, or to, to just disagree with. Dis- yeah, disagree with. He might be banished. Whereas, like when you look at Don Lemon, do you see a great bastion well, I don't, of I don't, intellectual? I don't, I don't consider him an elite, but. I mean, I would. He's still in the corporate press. He's still very influential. Yeah, but his influence. When I think of elite, I think of someone like a Tony Fauci, a Joe Biden, a uh, a Klaus Look, Schwab. Okay, okay, okay. Look at Tony Fauci. Look how a eye doctor from from Kentucky embarrasses the top doctor in America and and leaves him speechless and unable to defend himself. That man is not impressive. But Jacob, you and I look at that and see that. But a vast majority of people don't. Sure, they see him. They see they see uh, Rand Paul as the one who's obstructing science and obstructing the the public health infrastructure. Sure, but those who are honest with themselves deep down well, that, that, inside that's, that's know. a different question entirely of people being honest with themselves. But anyway, uh, well, you know, I I. I it pains me because watching the the funeral procession of the Queen. The the you know the old empire could still put on a show, but a lot of us felt kind of it was kind of meaningless, or that this was kind of the last that we're going to see of of the the old empire. Um, I'm stealing that from Jeff Deist, by the way. Um, it just kind of made you feel a little sad because you know that's one of the things that 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 Great Britain draws its inspiration from as a country is the fact that we have a monarchy and that we we have kings and queens that's been going on for you know a very very long time. Um, and it's such a rich history that they have, and it's kind of be- being thrown away because, because you know, these inbred freaks, so to speak. Um, well, let's see what else happened. The Pope, Pope Benedict Sixteenth, mm-hmm. uh, passed away, who I-, I say abdicated the papacy, but he, they, I think they call it resigned from the papacy due to health reasons. And I, I was reading a little bit about him. And when he after he resigned, he still lived in Vatican City. 
do, do they have to live in Vatican City? Or I, I have no idea how that works. Is it kind of one of those things where they have to like to live there? I have no idea. But uh, I thought it was interesting because you look at I was I did some quick quick research on um, on the Pope Benedict the Sixteenth and he was not he was very traditional. He thought that um, relativism and uh, the rejection of uh, truth or the idea that there is no such thing as objective truth was one of the largest problems that the church faced and so forth the world. And then he leaves and they bring in Francis, who's basically just Greta Thunberg in a nice hat. <laughs> I mean, that's true. And Francis is basically on death's door as well because he's old as well. Um, let's see. Elon Musk buys Twitter. Elon Musk bought Twitter and has done more uh, has done more for the has done more to fulfill Republican and GOP values than the GOP has ever done. The the exposing of the FBI, the exposing of the not only the Biden White House, but the Trump White, White House, House for censoring uh, people who are questioning the covid narrative. Um, of course, the, I mentioned the FBI people in the how just how bad things were in twitter as far as censoring conservatives and people who were questioning the uh the covid man the covid narrative that was huge uh, elon musk did more for uh the american people and the american right um as far as the retribution if you will than the gop had would have, would have ever done in any kind of hearing or a congressional committee would have ever done because, well, when you've got the most, when he, well, at the time he was the richest man in the world and he just kind of came in there and, and pulled back the curtain and the cockroaches scattered. Mm. Um, so that's a, that's a big Lee story. Yeah, I think it's one of the most important things that happened. That's a, that, that a good thing. Mm -hmm. And look, you don't have to like Elon Musk. You can be skeptical about some of his things that he's doing with, with, um, um, so Neuralink and an AI, which that's weird, a little, little weird. And, and you can also say, oh, well, he's a rich billionaire, so we don't like him. Fine. You can agree with all those things and still also see what he's done as being a net positive uh, because more information exposing the fact that the government colluded with big tech to censor the White House, to censor the COVID narrative, um, to censor parts of the Ukrainian nar narrative, too. Um, and that the, that all of these people are, are in bed together. And, you know, there is a term that we like to use when we see the merge of private industry and government um, to oppress and to take the rights away from people. We call that fascism, ladies and gentlemen, which is what has been happening in this country for many, many decades now. That we are, we are closer to traditional fascism than we are to any sort of democracy that that the left and a lot of the blue-pilled Republicans would like to tell us. But I, I think, though, that this has also been a huge win in taking the corporate press down a notch. Because if you notice that Elon gave a lot of these stories to journalists who are independent who were who were outside of the corporate press people like barry weiss people like matt taibbi um there was someone else someone else i'm drawing a blank right now maybe it's michael tracy i forget but for the first time in i don't know how long the corporate press the washington post the new york times they had to be playing catch up 
they're not in control of the of the narrative. It's these people. It's the people that that were blasted as racist or spreading misinformation. It's these people now have control, which is funny because Barry Weiss is a leftist, a progressive leftist, and so is Matt Taibbi, and all these journalists that gave or that that got these um, Twitter files. They're all progressive leftists. But because they're not the progressive leftists, they're not the Bernie Sanders types, the AOC types who are by name only. But the, it's such a great change of perspective and change of power that we have finally, um, that Twitter is being unlocked into the power that it truly has. And the ability to to, circum, to circumvent these, these ancient... Um, outlets from the CNNs of the world. The fact that probably more people read um, Taibbi's Substack than go on to CNN. It wouldn't surprise me if that's, if that's actually a true stat. So I think not only the, the information we got out, but the way that the information was distributed is kind of incredible. Mm -hmm. uh, some other uh, big deaths that happened this year, not only the Queen, but uh, the... Uh, president of Japan, uh, Shinzo Abe, mm -hmm. was assassinated in the most weird assassination ever. I mean, I don't know who has a speech in the middle of a of an intersection like that, but I guess that's just that's Japan for you. Um, well, that and the fact that it was it was a it, he was murdered by a gun, which yeah. I mean, gun violence in Japan is not is not heard of, and not and not only because. You know, guns are basically banned in Japan, but just, just violent crime in general. Mm -hmm. uh, Japan is consistently one of the safest countries in the world. So for any sort of murder or especially an assassination of someone that was that beloved in the country as him, it was just kind of a, a gut punch to a lot of the society there. Yeah. Um, uh, Meatloaf also died in 2022. Jerry Lee Lewis. Um, Meatloaf died in 2022, not 2023. I guess. I guess two out of three ain't bad. Jerry Lee Lewis passed away. You, Ray Liotta. You didn't get the joke. No, no, we're skipping past the joke. We're skipping. <laughs> there's, there are no jokes in this episode. So I guess I took joke, the words right out of your mouth. Joke-free episode. Make your own joke there. Yeah. He's. Yeah. Ray Liotta passed away. Yeah, Ray Liotta passed Jerry, away. Jerry Lee Lewis. Uh, Pele. Pele. Uh, let's see. There was another one, big one. Oh, uh, Paul McCartney. <laughs> <laughs> Adam Lansbury. No, not Paul McCartney. That's a Craig Ferguson joke. Yeah, uh, Angela Lansbury is her name, I guess. Yes. Uh, there are some other foreign dictators that die who are not worth mentioning. Um, Taylor Hawkins oh. passed away this year. Yeah, that guy. Or last year, I should say. Yeah, Taylor Hawkins. Um Let's see who else. There's another big one that I thought that died this year. Oh yeah, uh, Mikhail Gorbachev died. Yes, another big one. Uh, one of the one of the more uh, probably not as influential, but should be uh, people who were involved in a very very defining moment in the early in the uh, in, right, in, in well, human history in human history with the in general just with the dissolution of the Soviet Union. Um, I am reading Michael Malice's the white Michael Malice's book The White Pill right now, and it talks so it's all about the Soviet Union, and um, I'm getting to the point where Gorbachev is becoming beginning to come in, and um, you know Michael makes the case why he's the most important human being of the last hundred years. Gorbachev, yeah, yeah, um, just because of the fact that he with so he had all the power, all the right, 
to send in the tanks to to say no we are we are doubling down on this we are going back and he didn't he said no not doing it yep and uh, ushered in freedom and and within a matter of hours the whole soviet union peacefully dissolved and ushered in for for a time until 2020 <laughs> until until our government had to ruin things um ushered in you know free markets freedom liberties back into russia which have been but, taken but away for over you, 100 years but if you have watched air force 1 you would know why that's not the case because <laughs> the gangsters and the and the western capitalists came in and sold the country to oligarchs and to sex slaves and all of that. That's the reason why they, they took over that plane and held captive to the greatest American president ever, President James Marshall. If you, if you have seen Air Force One, you know the history, folks. Not a real movie. That is a, that is, that is a great movie. I've got it on 4K Blu-ray. It's, not a, it's, it's, not, it's, it's like a solid 7 out of 10. President James Marshall is the greatest U.S. president ever. Forget the guy from Independence Day. That guy was a schmuck. President James Marshall was a great president. What are we talking about? <laughs> All right, let's go to predictions time. Okay, predictions. Let's go to predictions for next year. So I have I have two predictions for next year. Two? One's relating to the Russia-Ukraine, and one is relating to COVID. Cool. COVID? Okay, these are my predictions. These are my predictions. The Russia-Ukraine is kind of a two-parter. So, someone big is going to be assassinated, whether that be Zelensky or Putin. I I don't think that either one of those men will survive next. This will year. survive this year. I think that okay. something's going to happen to them, and whatever the result of that is, I I don't know. Um, but given the fact that I don't think that that there is any push. Or, or any will for peaceful negotiations, this will only escalate further. The fact that in the beginning, Zelensky actually did want peace, and then NATO told him to shut up and basically you're going to keep well, fighting. Well, uh, Boris Johnson, Boris and, Johnson and said no, no. Blinky told him no, no, no peace. <laughs> no peace. You're going you're to keep fighting this out. Yeah. And the fact that Russia's made it very clear that they're not stopping this anytime soon, that they're going to see this thing through, and just like we are. I think that's. I think that one of them are, are going to be assassinated, not killed, but assassinated. Um. And then my second one. Okay. Something stupid will get us involved. Oh yeah. Something so dumb, like, like this is not this is not a a very specific, but something this dumb, like a U.S. mechanic on the ground at a at a Ukrainian air base is killed by stray gunfire. And we're all of a sudden now involved. Now involved. Something, something that dumb. Something is so minuscule. Not that his death is dumb. No, 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 no. But saying that something that's so preventable. Yeah. And so unnecessarily dangerous were to happen that that somehow gets us involved, or something like that happens, similar to the whole Poland missile thing that happened, mm-hmm. where there is big tension and we don't know what the heck we're gonna like do. Like a Cuban missile crisis kind of thing. Yes, yeah, something like that's gonna happen. Um. I, I like that. Um, mine's a little bit different. Um, kind of along the same lines, though. Uh, I think that if this continues, if the war continues, um, Putin will be assassinated by his own people. And the reason why is because... Do you think they'll be U.S.-backed? 
No, I, I think the people who are in charge over there in Russia, the oligarchs, the people who run things over there in Russia, um, I think a lot of them are probably fed up with this war in Ukraine. Um, I, I think that they don't care as much as people like Putin care. Um, I think they want this over with. I think they want to go back to their lives of being rich billionaire oligarchs, and they're tired of this war dragging the name of Russia in the mud. So I think if this continues any longer, I think Putin will be assassinated by or his own. Or he'll be forced to step down. No, that's, I, don't, I don't think that's how things work in Russia. Um, I think when you get to Putin's level, the people that you have to deal with and the people that you have to get through to get to that position, um, to basically being president for life, um, you kind of have to wheel and deal a little bit. Um, so I think he will be taken out by his own people and replaced with someone who will end the war swiftly. Will 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 he be JFK'd? Where it's like, oh, it, it was a lone, it was a lone, it was a crazy lone gunman. Well, I think what will happen is there's already rumors circulating about Putin's health, whether or not that he, he has ha- cancer, or whether something. or not he has cancer or something. So I think it'll be more like he dies in his sleep. Whether or not that'll be poisoning or whether or not he actually has cancer, uh, I think it'll be something like that. But the people behind the scenes will know that he was taken out. It'll be it'll be like that thing, you know, two gunshots to the head ruled a suicide. Yeah. It'll be something like that. I because it can't be Zelensky because he's too hot right now. Zelensky is way too hot. What I'm saying is that he's killed by like Russians will will no. like kill him and and, and no. like execute him or something. I I don't I I don't see that happening, but I could be wrong. I don't see that happening. Um, my second one is a little bit of tinfoil hat. Let's put your tinfoil hat on. That is. That there will be a study or a article that comes out that shows that people who have taken the COVID vaccine are more likely to die from COVID than if you're unvaccinated. Or you're, or you're more likely – sorry, let me say that again. You're more likely to die post-vaccinated than pre-vaccinated or, 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 or unvaccinated, whether that be through COVID or some other kind of com- com- comorbidity, it's going to even out, if not kilter into their side. That's my prediction is that we're going to find something out about that. Now, Spotify, uh, YouTube, wherever, I am not saying don't take the vaccine. Consult with your doctor and uh, do your healthcare professional and do whatever's best for you. These are strictly... This this that was a joke. <laughs> okay, this entire show was a joke. Whatever FBI agents. Any time that I mention COVID, I mean it as a joke. Okay, this show is a joke. This is a parody. That was a parody should prediction. A la- should we put a laugh track every time we yeah, say we COVID? Yeah, we need a Seinfeld laugh track. Okay, because look, I am not serious. This is a parody. This is a joke. So whenever I say COVID, just think of Jerry Seinfeld saying peanuts or something like that. Okay, <laughs> airplane jokes. Airplane jokes. Okay. It's a joke. It is a parody. I'm not real. The show is not real. The FBI listening to this, you're not real. Just think of Kramer playing pool with a conductor's baton. That's right. And do you have any other ones you want to do? Um, I I think that at some point ne- next year, Anthony Fauci will have to stand tr- not trial, but he will be questioned publicly in front of Congress um, about the about the origin of COVID and his dealings with. Um, with the with the with the lab in Wuhan, um, I think that I think there will be a moment of glory and vindication for someone like Rand Paul and others who have been beating the drum of 
the origin of COVID. I think we'll once and for all we'll get a definitive answer from uh, from Tony Fauci about the origin of COVID, and I can guarantee you it won't be any sort of wet market or meat market in Wuhan. It will be from a institute of virology in Wuhan. Imagine that. <laughs> um, uh, another prediction, I think, like I, like I already said, I, I think some royals in the UK will be stripped of their titles. Um, not that that really is of, is of any consequence. Um, I think another prediction, I think Twitter will rise higher um, than it has uh, been forthwith. I think that Elon Musk is doing big things with the Twitter. Bigly. Bigly things with the Twitter. And and going into 2023, at the, at the end of this year, the end of this year, I think Donald Trump will be pushed aside. I think the GOP base will will have had enough of the Donalds. I think that they are going to. I think the I think the GOP base is going to go for either Ron DeSantis or someone else, or they'll find someone else because uh, something that the Donald posted on his uh, what is it the Truth Social. <laughs> I was listening to Donald talk about true social. See, I love true social because every time I post something, it's called a truth, and I, and I only speak the truth. <laughs> so, I only speak the truth, okay? So, and another thing that happened this year was the the great, um, not so fantastic midterms that were just a, a really big disappointment. Um, you know, the midterm election that, that that everyone was predicting a red wave, but it was more like a red whatever. And there you go, a red whatever. Uh, so the Donald said. I guess this was what a couple of days ago or a day ago yesterday that talking about the midterm elections, the Donald said it wasn't my fault that Republicans did not live up to expectations in the midterms. It was 233, uh, 20. It was the poor. It was the abortion issue poorly handled by many Republicans, especially those that firmly insisted on no exceptions, even in the case of rape, incest and life of the mother. That lost large numbers of voters. Also, the people who that pushed so hard for decades against abortion got their wish in the U.S. Supreme Court, and just plain disappeared, or just and just plain disappeared, not to be seen again. Plus, Mitch McConnell, plus Mitch stupid dollar sign S. <laughs> what? Okay, that that that's 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 your president, folks. Um, so that's what he said about the reason why we the Republicans didn't win. The 2022 midterms, which um, if that's the line you want to take as the reason why the Republicans didn't win, um, then you're basically taking the GOP establishment position for the last 30, 40 years is the reason why we can't reason why we'll never win. Right. You know, you, you the reason why the reason why we can't go hard on the borders was because we'll never win again. Right. The reason why we can't go hard on immigration is because, well, we got to win. The reason why we can't go hard on abortion is because we'll never win. The reason why we can't go hard on the issue of of gun rights or whatever is because we will never win in a re-election. The reason why we cannot be for traditional marriage is because we'll never win a re-election ever again. Right? So con- continuously concede every position that you hold in order to win an election. But then once you win that election, you don't do anything with the power that you now have. So what's the point? That's largely what the president just said. Yes, the Supreme Court gave us the decision we want, and we, we should rightly take it a step further. And he says, well, we can't do that because we'll never win again. But then what's the point? Right? What's the point of that? So Steve Dace responded to that. Steve Dace of the Blaze, who is a, a, one of the better 
conservative commentators out there said that uh, Trump b- blames pro-lifers, the most loyal voting bloc the Republican Party has had for more than 40 years, for the disappointing midterms. This is self-immortalization in real time. You can't make this stuff up. And, and Matt Walsh, uh, who is also um, not one of gr- the better ones, not great but good when it comes to the on the right. Um, said that Trump's message here is exactly what the same BS that the Republican establishment has been spewing for decades. So, again, he won't accept any responsibility for the reason why the the, the right lost, right? Won't, expect to, won't accept any responsibility. And I think that's one of the reasons why going in later this year, once, once the, the election really ramps up, is the reason why people are going to push him aside. Hopefully, we'll push Trump aside. I'm not saying that Ron DeSantis is, is any better, uh, he's been a good governor, but that doesn't mean he'll make a good president because his foreign policy is b- oh, bad, oh, bad, really bad. I mean, you talk, it's like John George W. Bush. It's like John McCain and George W. Bush had a baby, and boof, there's there's Ron DeSantis. Um, so yeah, but yeah, any other predictions? You know, I I don't think I really have anything other ones. Um, be- anything other ones before before we wrap it up? What are you most looking forward to? in 2023 or what are you most trying to accomplish what is your what what is your goal what is something that you're striving to do in 2023 um not not like a new year's resolution because those are corny but like well but like like, what are you gonna try to do what is your what are you looking forward to i've got a couple things um uh, i want to bring my handicap down in golf okay my handicap is on a good day you know, like 15 on a bad day, 25 plus. But I, I like to bring it down to my, like around, you know, 10 or 15, you know, average. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to get better at playing pool. I, something I started here recently. I want to get better at that. Um, uh, I want to, you know, exercise more. I okay. think that I have, I say I want to do every year, but I ne- actually never end up doing. Um, not because I want to do that whole New Year's resolution, because I think New Year's resolutions are stupid. Um, but because I just want to be healthier, um, let's see what else. Um, I want to read more books. I, I know I said that every year, but you know, I, just the the idea, like you know, Lex Freeman put out that list of books that he's going to be reading this year. Yeah, and it's great. A lot of people are giving him crap because he had a lot of <laughs> a lot of books on there that were classics. Like the classics are great. That's what people built. Are... That's what built Western civilization is these classic books, and it. it it would be the sign of a downfall of society if we don't read the classics. What I find hilarious about the people that are giving Lex crap is these people don't read anyway. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. It's like these folks don't read books anyways. Now, yeah. if now if, if somebody like I don't know, like Jordan Peterson or someone who's like you know an intellect who reads probably a book a day, were to come on there and say, "Oh, this book is trash." You're still a jerk, but like I give you a little bit more credit. You've got some credentials, but these people these these people will watch watch more. These people have watched more TikTok in, in a single day than they've read in an entire year. So, uh, so I, I don't want to hear from these people. Yeah. So I think what Lex Freeman's doing is great. He wants to read a book a week. Good for go, him. Go for it, bro. Go for it. Um, I looked at his list. I'm like, there's a lot of books on there that I want to read that I have wanted to get to read, but I just never have because I've been busy with other things. Um, so good for him. Um not, I don't think I would read. I don't think I would read those books per se. Uh, maybe at some point I would, but you know, good for him. Uh, I just 
<laughs> I thought it was so funny. He posted that list. I was like, I mean, that's awesome. Read the comments. Hey, these books are these these are old. These Why are, are you all, reading these books? books? George Orwell. Who 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 that? Like oh people oh people. What a bunch of beginner books. Um, um. Let's see. What else do I want to do? I want to read my Bible more. Yeah. I, I do Never not read wrong with that. I do not read that enough. Um. Uh. Do you have dust on your Bible? Get. What, oh, yes, get the dust off the Bible. <laughs> the, the little Billy Pollard song. Man, I miss him. Um, let's see what else. Um, can't think of anything else right now. Um, probably smoke more cigars, I guess. There you go. <laughs> That's a goal for you. Um, for myself, I got a couple. My, obviously music and reviewing music, which I got. Um, I got oh, a lot of support. Watch more movies. Watch more movies for Joe. Um, I got a lot of support and a lot of love from a lot of love from my top twenty albums of the year, which I had a, f- a blast making. If you haven't seen it yet, go check it out. I mean, the link to my YouTube channel will be in the description as well as my link tree, so you can go find it there. And also my Substack, you can find the video there. But I had a blast this year, really digging into music and. And finding lots of new genres that normally wouldn't listen to. And a lot that I found out that I really did truly love and truly enjoy. So the goal for this year is, is to still review um, review records. Last year I reviewed 154 albums from new and old. Over 70, over 70 reviews um, from records that were released in 2022. So I'd like to you know match that if not beat that. I'd like to... I like to end 2023 with 300 reviews, so that's kind of my goals to do that, and not to, not for a quota. So I'm not going to be like December and reviewing this week's quota, reviewing every single. Yeah, I don't have a quota, but that's just, I'd like to shoot that target. Also, attend concerts. My goal this week, uh, this not week, this, this week, this year is Good to is to attend more concerts, just to dedicate more funding to go see concerts, maybe to an artist who I've listened to an album. And I, I really enjoyed it, but I want to go see him live. Just go, just just go, just just go. Pay the money and go, for, especially, if it, especially if, it, if it's cheap enough. Just just go. Um, to do that, also I'd like to go to more art museums. Okay. Uh, I know that there's a couple that whenever I go to Orlando, there's a few in Orlando that I'd like to go see, uh, and that are there. But go see more art. Go to more art festivals, not festivals, but like go and shop and see local artists as well. Is kind of something that. What I want to do, and you know, reading. I've fallen off of reading this year. Spent more time listening to music, which to me is necessarily a bad thing. It's you're still, um, it's still a creative outlet. It's different than I would say watching YouTube or TikTok, which I don't do TikTok, but do spend a lot of time on YouTube. But I, I do find music um, as a positive outlook or a positive creative out out. Outlet. Outlet. There, I, was, I kept want to say out outlook, but I'm like that's my that's my work email. Hmm. So yeah, music is is one of the big things in reading, and um, I, I guess for me, playing my guitar more, just just playing my guitar and being creative with that, and even if I'm not doing anything, but just playing scales over a chord, just something, just something, just I, I'm doing creatively. That is sort of my mission, and. As, as I wrote in my New Year's post on my Substack, I do want to write on my Substack more. I don't know what that looks like because I don't. 
I want whatever I put out to have meaning behind it and to have a purpose versus just writing about, oh, this is a headline, this is why it's stupid or why I agree or disagree. But everything that I do, I, I want to be for a net positive. Um, I think that with, with this show, with my sub stack, with my music reviews, I want <clears throat> I, I want people to watch it or to view it and have a positive outlook from it. And that doesn't mean that we sugarcoat things. That doesn't mean that we don't talk about things that are serious or intense. But I think that there's enough negativity and there's, there's enough cynicism, enough nihilism out there that we don't need to be an extra source of that. We don't need to be in a, another doom and gloom out, outlet. But, you know, so we'll speak the, we will always speak the facts. We will always speak truth. But I think in our pursuit of that, we need to always be looking to encourage people, be looking to be positive, and to let people know that there is love and that there is goodness still in this world. And especially with what I wrote on my Christmas my uh, Christmas post on the Substack that even at the worst times of humanity, there is still hope, there is still love, there is still joy. And I think that is one of my outlooks for not just what I'm doing creatively, but just in, but just in, in my life in general. Yeah. That's, that's a good one. So, um, uh, can I make one more, one more prediction? We, we are, we are running out of time, but you may go ahead. Um, I think that TikTok will be banned on the, uh, on, on a federal level federal, next year. Well, it's already banned government wise. The government banned it. But like, as far, federal as, far as the, the rest of society, oh. I think it'll be banned. I ho- at least I hope it and I want it to be banned. Well, I disagree with you because if you read my Substack post, you know that I am now pro TikTok. Why? Why? Because, look, TikTok might in fact be evolution's answer for the fact that we have not been, that, that natural selection has slowed down. So I think that by having an outlet, an, an, an outlet, an outlet for people to post embarrassing, cringy content that might ruin their lives forever and potentially prevent them from becoming uh, from from passing on their their genes to the next generation, might might be a positive for the for for the species. Bring on the asteroid, or people injuring themselves with some of these challenges or becoming arrested for, for stealing school property. <laughs> like, like what you said, cut the cord challenge. Yeah, yeah, man, cut the cord <laughs> challenge. Watch that become a thing. <laughs> Look, inside joke before we wrap up. We had, we had this joke that... The latest TikTok trend. No, that you should start a, you, you should start a fake TikTok trend called the cut the cord challenge mm-hmm. where you plug, an, you, you plug an extension cord into a wall and you use metal scissors and you cut the cord, right? Mm-hmm. And then the whole, the, whole, the whole goal is to see can you cut it and, and, and let go of the scissors fast enough b- b- before you're shocked. <laughs> and, of course, you would fake it and you would be like uh, holding on to the scissors. Like, wow, that was exhilarating. And then watch somebody do that. And look, if you are dumb enough to even try that, to even try that, you do not deserve to pass your genes on. So I, I think you gotta have the natural cut, selection. I think I, I think you gotta have the cut the cord challenge, the tight the tight rope walk the Grand Canyon, the swim to Alcatraz challenge. We need to have some of these challenges <laughs> for people to do because I think that those that are dumb enough to fall for it will do it. Eliminate themselves from the gene pool. Boom. We've, cra- and then we've we created. And we all move on. We've, yeah, we can all move on. There you I, go. Again, 
that that was a joke. That was a parody. I don't actually condone the cutting of plugged in electrical lines, swimming in oceans to your death, or tight roping Grand Canyons. So that was a joke. FBI, Spotify, YouTube, that was a joke, a parody, punchline. <laughs> Well, that has been the episode. That has been the recap and looking forward to for 2023. A look back and look forward. A look back and a look forward. It's like you're looking both ways at the same time. Look left and right. You look left. You see one way. You look to the right. You see another. There you go. That's correct. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. All of the links for this show will be down below. You can follow me on my Substack, Liberty Overdrive at Substack.com. You can follow my album of the year down below to review to look at all of my album and music reviews. YouTube channel down below. Follow me on Twitter at JStandards underscore. And Joe's back on Twitter. Yeah, I got back on Twitter. I don't I don't I haven't really post anything. I just do a lot of liking and retweeting. Pretty much what I did before. Uh, but if you want to follow me at, at Joe Stanberg <laughs> On the Twitter. Still the best Twitter name one. Yeah, that's, that's, pretty, that's pretty good. So you can follow me there. <laughs> pretty good. But uh, until next time, we'll see you next time. Listen, uh, <laughs> <laughs>